This is Sarah Lemon, author of the Whole Dish blog and food writer for the Mail Tribune newspaper in Southern Oregon. This podcast is produced in the Mail Tribune and Rosebud Media. Find it online at mailtribune.com forward slash podcast and read my blog, The Whole Dish at mailtribune.com forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Carrots are an ingredient that I've never paid much mind, I suppose, partly because in my years of being a home gardener, I've never really been very successful at growing carrots. The plot that I tended with my mother-in-law, who's a master gardener, was infested with some phylons, which tend to create problems for root vegetables, in particular, these soil-dwelling little insects that are endemic to Southern Oregon. We're having a little bit more success or hoping for a little bit more success since we moved our gardening to a new location. So I'm always surprised when people harvest massive carrots from home gardens and think, how, how are they able to do this? I mean, they look, of course, even better than you can get at a grocery store. My younger son in particular is very excited because carrots are one of his favorite foods. Again, sort of strange considering I've just never really paid much mind to carrots, but I suppose it's appropriate because he's a little carrot top who loves carrots. He picks them out as his special treat when we go to the grocery store. And he was delighted when we left a friend's garden with probably 15 or so pounds of homegrown carrots all he could ever want to eat and a quantity that certainly challenged me to find ways of using them all up. Of course, they'll store for quite a while in the refrigerator or even just a cool garage or basement. They're great for that. And it's one reason why they're just a staple for so many cooks and form the classic trio in sort of continental cooking with celery and onions. As I was trying to figure out what to do with these carrots, I went back through my recipe files and found a recipe for carrot kraut, which I knew would please my younger son even more. He loves sauerkraut too. And why not take all these carrots we have and turn them into kraut? This recipe comes from Kirsten Shockey, who is the local fermentation expert. She's written several cookbooks. This was from her first cookbook, Fermented Vegetables, and it ran with my most recent food section column in the Mail Tribune's April 6th edition under the headline, Carrots, Tops, and All. This recipe calls for eight pounds of carrots. I halved it with great success and made plenty of kraut for us to eat for a couple of months. In fact, we've figured out that one of our favorite ways of eating it is to just sprinkle it on our green salads at dinner time, and it saves me the trouble of having to peel and grate a carrot for salad when I'm already pressed for time on a busy weeknight. I have this delicious kraut that is just slightly gingery, a little bit tangy, tastes even better than a fresh carrot, and is even more nutritious, of course, because it's got all that beneficial bacteria from the fermentation process. I wanted to share in this podcast, though, a recipe for Northwest gingered carrot cake that calls for a quantity of the kraut. 
So you can make the kraut according to the recipe in my latest food section column, again, from the Mail Tribune's April 6th E or print edition. You can also find that recipe for carrot kraut in the Mail Tribune's archives from October 1st, 2014, when I wrote a story about Kirsten Shockey's cookbook under the headline, The Fermentista's Kitchen. You could enter her name in the magnifying glass at the top right-hand side of the page, the search field, K-I-R-S-T-E-N, Shockey, S-H-O-C-K-E-Y, and come up with this recipe and story fairly easily from October 1st, 2014. And it also has this recipe for Northwest gingered carrot cake. I didn't have the space in this column to share this recipe, but I wanted to share it now in this podcast. And it just makes a delicious, more wholesome twist on the classic carrot cake using this kraut. If you happen to make it, it's absolutely delicious. My older son's been asking for carrot cake. It's his birthday this week, and I have a feeling that we're going to use up some of our kraut in this recipe. It calls for three cups of the kraut, and if you make the full batch, which makes a gallon, you'll have more than enough. Again, I halved it. I ended up with a half gallon, still plenty for my family to eat for a couple of months. So the three cups of the carrot kraut go with two cups of cake flour, two teaspoons baking powder, two teaspoons baking soda, a half teaspoon salt, one teaspoon ground cinnamon, a half teaspoon ground mace, one and a half cups sugar. I mean, it's not all healthy after all. Sugar is necessary to give cakes a nice texture. Four large eggs, one and a quarter cups coconut oil that's been melted and cooled, the grated zest of one orange, a half cup walnuts or pecans that are toasted and then chopped, and a half cup dried cranberries or raisins. I particularly like golden raisins with carrots and in carrot cake in particular. Start Northwest gingered carrot cake by preheating the oven to 350 degrees Fahrenheit. Butter and lightly flour either two 10-inch round pans or a 9 by 13-inch rectangular pan if you would prefer to make it as a sheet cake or you don't have a round cake pan. In a medium bowl, sift the two cups cake flour with the two teaspoons baking powder, the two teaspoons baking soda. Then stir in the half teaspoon salt, the one teaspoon ground cinnamon, and the half teaspoon ground mace. In a separate large bowl, whisk together the one and a half cups sugar with the four eggs, the one and a quarter cups coconut oil that's been melted and cooled, and the grated zest of one orange. Then stir in the three cups of carrot kraut. Using a rubber spatula, fold the dry ingredients the flour mixture into the wet ingredients with the egg and the kraut until combined. Add the half cup walnuts or pecans that you've quickly toasted. This works great in a dry pan on the stove to toast nuts. It takes just a couple of minutes and I find it's easy to overlook toasting nuts in the oven and they can often get burned that way. A pan on the stove keeps them kind of front and center in your tension. 
and also add that half cup dried cranberries or raisins. Pour the batter into the prepared pans. Bake the cakes in the preheated 350 degree oven until a toothpick inserted in the center of the cake comes out clean and that usually takes 30 to 40 minutes. As soon as the cake center no longer looks different than the edges and it begins to crack a bit, remove the pans from the oven to make sure that this cake stays nice and moist. And Kirsten didn't provide recipes for frosting. I mean, I think this could be considered sort of a snacking cake, as I've heard them called, particularly if prepared in the 9 by 13 inch pan. If you wanted to stack those two 10-inch layers, one on top of the other, you could certainly prepare a classic cream cheese frosting for carrot cake. There are recipes widely available in cookbooks and certainly from online sources. A layer in between the two cakes is great. Of course, frosting the top and sides just gilds the lily. I happen to love cream cheese frosting. I often say it's the best part of some desserts. I mean, certainly for me, that's the case with like red velvet cake, but this carrot cake is delicious, even on its own, even if you don't want to go that extra mile for the cream cheese frosting. And a word about incorporating the kraut. I don't see why you couldn't just use shredded carrots for this. The fermentation process does make the carrots more moist. They exude liquid and a brine is formed during the fermentation process. So there is additional moisture here. You may want to compensate for that if you're using just plain shredded carrots with maybe a couple tablespoons of apple cider or other kind of all-natural, no-sugar-added juice, like a white grape juice. I think it would be totally fine if you don't want to make the carrot kraut to go that route with this cake. The carrot kraut, though, is really kind of a revelation for me and my family. I think it's something we're going to make, even when we don't have a surplus of carrots. It's just great as a refrigerator staple, again, to just toss into our green salads. And it will keep for up to a year in the refrigerator, although it's best within six months, Kirsten Shockey says in her cookbook. If you don't have a crock for home fermentation, you can easily ferment in a mason jar. A half-gallon mason jar works really well for this, and you weight it down with a plastic bag. The results are well worth the tiny bit of effort. You just put the mixture on your counter and let it sit for a week. The naturally occurring bacteria do the rest. And again, the result is not like ultra sour. I wouldn't say it tastes like sauerkraut per se. So don't worry about ruining a cake and all these ingredients with this inclusion of carrot kraut. Try it and you'll see. Find that recipe from the Mail Tribune's October 1st, 2014 edition under the headline The Fermentista's Kitchen and find the recipe for carrot kraut in the same story and also with my latest food section column published April 6th under the headline, Carrots, Tops, and All. It's an ode to my carrot top son, <laughs> Lou loves carrots. Find more family favorite recipes and seasonally inspired dishes on my blog, The Whole Dish, at mealtribune.com. 
forward slash lifestyle forward slash the hyphen whole hyphen dish. Thanks for listening to and reading The Whole Dish.